business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money moves. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Mansell. I am your host, back with another edition of Your Four, featuring co-host Brandon What's going on, man? What's happening, man? Not a lot. Couple of episodes in between. A couple of episodes in between drinks. I was drinks, gonna say. Yeah. Let's go. A few drinks in between episodes. We're back. We have four awesome questions to uh, to dive into. And uh, as you have, you've been your selection of questions has been elite mm, recently. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's it's cool because we're getting like we're getting some good variation in these your forces: fitness questions, business questions, uh, personal development questions, mental health questions. It's just it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Before we dive in, uh, let's talk a little bit about this new price beat guarantee that we're running through Massive Joe's, man. It is, uh, it, it's, it's very also elite. <laughs> yeah, took the words right out of my mouth, man. Uh, guys, for those of you who don't know, uh, we rolled out a new price beat guarantee in February this year. Um, we've had a price beat guarantee uh, on the Massive Joe's, which is the supplement side of the business in particular, um, for a number of years. But it was always a little bit convoluted. It was kind of like, yeah, you know what? We beat prices, but there's this exception and there's that exception. And we don't beat sale prices or discount prices or you know all sorts of shit. So we, we went back to the drawing board at the start of this year. And we said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to beat everyone's price. Doesn't matter if it's on special. Doesn't matter if it's part of a sale. Doesn't matter if it's a blowout discount. We don't care. With all of the inflationary pressure happening in the economy at the moment, this is our way of really kind of giving back to the MJ community and saying, you know what, guys? You find a better price anywhere else, We will. you will get the best price when buying whatever supplements you want to buy through Massive Joe's, no exceptions. So quite simply, the way it works is both online and in store. If you shop online, you just go to the product page of the product you want to buy. There's a big red button there that said price beat guarantee. You click that button and it talks you through how to submit a cheaper price that we then beat. Um, in store, you literally just walk in store and show our supplement specialist the price uh, that you want to beat. Uh, and we verify it and we beat it by a dollar. No questions asked, no exceptions, even if it's on special. And it's interesting because last week was um, uh, afterpay day sale, uh, which we didn't participate in this year because we beat all the afterday pay sale prices anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of cool because we had all these requests coming in online and in store. People, you know, had, had seen the afterpay day sales for a particular subs they wanted to buy at, at, at uh, different retailers. And they just came in and said, this is the afterpay day sale price. And we were like, we'll beat it anyway. Awesome. All new price beat guarantee. It is awesome, man. It is awesome. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just our way of kind of giving back to you guys with all of the um, extreme economic pressures at the moment. We want to make sure that you guys are getting the absolute best price on all of your subs uh, and really give you absolutely no reason to shop anywhere else for your subs than Massive Joe's. 100%. Brandon, we've got four questions, man. We do. Let's jump in. Let's do it. Question one. How can one overcome plateaus in their fitness progress? I love this quote by Albert Einstein. 
He said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And I think that that really encompasses what happens when you get to a plateau in your fitness journey and you keep doing the same thing and you expect somehow to break through the plateau. Or to flip that on its head, the way that you need to break through a fitness plateau is to do something different. So if your primary fitness goal is to lose weight or lose body fat, and you've been in a caloric deficit, you're consuming a certain number of calories, you're doing a certain amount of, uh, of exercise, and you lose some weight, and then you hit a plateau, you've got to push further into caloric deficit. So you can't keep eating the same calories and doing the same workouts and the same cardio and expecting to get a different result. You've hit a plateau. So you need to do something that pushes your body past that plateau. That might be reducing your caloric intake, so eating less calories, or increasing your caloric output, so training harder, doing more cardio, working out more days per week, whatever you need to do to get your caloric output up, or a combination of both. On the flip side, if you're in caloric surplus, you're trying to build muscle, eating a certain amount of calories, training a certain way, you make some fucking gains, and then you hit a gain plateau, you can't keep doing the same shit and expect to break through the plateau. You might have to increase your caloric input, eat more food, eat more calories. You might have to change the way you're training to stimulate some more muscle growth or do both at the same time. The only way to overcome and push through a fitness-based plateau is to do something different. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That's, it's an awesome quote as well. Um, it's something I'm going through to an extent at the moment as well. I mean, there's different plateaus. I'd be interesting, uh, interested to see uh, what kind of plateau it is. It can be like, obviously, like you said, body composition plateaus, like fat loss plateaus, um, muscle growth plateaus. It can performance be performance plateaus. Performance plateaus. If you're a performance-based athlete, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you couldn't be your, your strength might be plateauing, your your power, um, endurance as well, fitness, um, things like that. So there's so many plateaus and so many ways to get through them. Um, the first one for me is actually recovery. So yeah, something that I admit I'm pretty guilty with. Um, well, I'm guilty with is being pretty lazy in my recovery. So I, I could easily like train six or seven days a week, man. I could I could train on five six hours of sleep, but it's not really giving my my body the best chance of breaking down and building back stronger. Um, best chance of just hitting it again with intensity. You can easily go through the motions and things like that. So recovery is huge. Um, implementing rest days as much as you think. Like I will, like at the moment, I'm for the first time this like for the first time ever. I'm actually going through a deload week this week, and I got to the gym on Tuesday. And I just felt flat, just going through the motions. I'm like, you know, I'm going to consciously actually like drop my weights this week, drop drop my volume, um, drop my days and things like that and just see how my body responds because I'll easily think, all right, I'm not training for a week. I'm going to lose all my strength. I'm going to lose all my muscle. That's not the case at all. There's been times where I've been injured. I've come back and but refreshed. I've come back and my lifts have been like better. And it's just like, why is that? Because you're giving your body the, like the full chance to recover. It's huge when it comes to, you know, I, I focused on body composition with my answer and I'm happy that you focused on performance and strength on, on your answer because it gives a nice contrast for the listeners and the viewers. But it's one of the, it's one of the unlocks for 
strength and performance plateaus is actually to rest more. And I've seen it so many times. I remember back when I used to be involved in, um, not as a competitor, but as a, a spectator and a sponsor of powerlifting in particular, one of the best ways for guys to break through a deadlift plateau or a bench plateau or a squat plateau was to stop benching, stop deadlifting and stop squatting. Take more rest, go and do the accessory type movements, come back eight, 12 weeks later and they fucking smash the plateau because what they've done is they've allowed their body to rest. They've allowed their body to recover. Even me, my last off season, you know, I, I um, was on the verge of uh, a muscle building plateau. I just like, I wasn't growing as fast as I needed to grow. So I went to, to um, my workout coach, Jay Tyler, at the strength coach on Instagram, for those of you who are interested. And I said, Jay, what do we do? And he said, man, you've been training six days a week now for 12 months. I'm going to take you to five days a week. He goes, I want you to have another rest day. I took two rest days for the first time in over 12 months. I started growing again. Mm, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's hard to believe as well. You're like, oh, fuck, I'd, the more I train, the more muscle I'm going to build. But it's not the case at all. Well, the more you train, the more muscle growth you stimulate. stimulate yeah. But you don't actually build muscle when you're lifting mm. weights. You don't build muscle when you're training. You build muscle when you're resting, you're recovering, you're refueling, you're taking advantage of increased protein synthesis post-workout. You know, you actually, you're, you're micro-tearing muscle when you're lifting weights, when you're training. You're breaking down muscle. You build it when you recover. Mm. Yeah, 100%. This, this can also apply as well to, to diet too. If you're tracking every single macro, you might… I wouldn't say like, well, you can feel burnt out from it. You can feel like it's very tedious doing, but you still eat well. You can make sure you're eating like protein with each meal, fueling workouts properly and stuff like that. But if you want to just like take a week um, where you're just not tracking every single thing, it could be a good way to mentally reset as well. 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think and they all, like they all come back to you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. You have You have to do something different. Next question. Question two. I currently lead a team of eight people. Due to a ramp up and growth within the business, my team will grow to 32 in the next 12 months. The biggest challenge, I believe, is finding the right people, then training so many new people. What's your advice for recruitment and managing such a challenging growth? This is a really good business question uh, and something that I've had personal experience with. I think uh, it was 2016, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. Uh, we had a similar situation. We went from a team of, I think at the time it was like 12 to like a team of 30 in, in 12 months. And that's because we opened a bunch of retail stores. We got into distribution. We started Team J Apparel. There was a lot of different things happening within the business and we needed a lot more people in the business in a short period of time. Um, so I've had personal experience with this. Uh, this growth rate here from 8 to 32 in 12 months means you're hiring on average two people a month. Um, for 12 months. So a person every two weeks. It's fucking intense. <laughs> it's a lot of new people coming through. So I can, through the question, I can, I can, I can feel your stress <laughs> and your overwhelm coming through. Um, look, when it comes to, um, I'm going to answer this in two parts. The first one is the recruitment part. And the second part is the onboarding, the training and the management part. When it comes to the recruitment part, my golden rule is to hire slow and fire fast. And what that means is take your time recruiting and finding the right people 
put them through a proper rigorous interview process, double check, triple check, quadruple check your thinking around whether this person is the right person. Take your time hiring people, hire slow. On the flip side, fire fast. As soon as you have the information you need to know that somebody is not suitable for the role and you've given them everything you can give them and you've given them a number of chances to prove that they're the right person for the role and it's just not working out, don't kick the fucking can down the road. Fire them, hire somebody else. That's my golden rule of of recruitment. This is a little bit tricky because you can't really afford to hire slow when you're hiring on average a person every two weeks for an entire year. Um, You almost have to hire fast uh, and fire fast. So my advice in this regard is to detach your ego from your hiring decisions. And what I mean by that is because you don't have the luxury of hiring slow, you're going to have to speed that process up which means naturally you're going to hire a lot of the wrong people. As soon as it becomes evident to you that you've hired the wrong person, don't take that shit personally. That's what I mean, detach your ego. Don't take that as a reflection that you weren't good at recruiting because you hired the wrong person. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do that you're under a lot of time pressure and you need to ramp up your HR capabilities because your business is in an extreme growth phase. That's what it's got to do with. And if you detach your ego, as soon as it becomes obvious to you that you've hired the wrong person, fire them fast, rehire someone else. That's going to be super important in this process. So you, so far as the maths is concerned, eight to 32, you need to hire 24 people in 12 months. You're probably going to end up hiring 36 and firing 12. And don't take that shit personally. It's just the way it's going to have to be when you're bringing this many people on. That's the recruiting side of things. When it comes to the onboarding, the training, the management, my advice here, and I do, I do a lot of this with my um, business mentoring clients. A lot of it is people management. It's, you know, putting, putting procedures in place, putting KPIs in place, putting management structures in place, um, proceduralizing training so that you can bring people on board and they all get trained in the same way. A lot, of, a lot of my business mentoring work is helping other business owners through this process. So I have a lot of firsthand experience with this and obviously through what I've done with MJs and TMJ Apparel as well. My advice in this regard is to proceduralize your onboarding process, your training process, and your management process. So don't fly by the seat of your pants. Understand, look, as soon as I've hired somebody, as soon as I've recruited somebody, this is the process they go through with regards to onboarding. This is the process that they go through with regards to training. And then once they've gone through the onboarding and they've been trained up, these are the KPIs that they're going to report on. And this is how they're going to be managed on a weekly, uh, weekly, fortnightly, monthly, quarterly basis. You have to have those procedures in place or else you're going to go from eight to 32 people and it's going to be a complete clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Yeah. Look, I don't have a lot of experience and a lot more to add because those points that you made are very good. Um, you're saying you lead a team of eight people here um, and due to a, a growth in the business, it'll grow to 32. I'm not sure if you're the, you the owner here or are you just like a manager and you just run that team? 
Sounds like a manager. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to say if it was like an owner or like things like that, it could be like delegation. Like say like there are different departments in this business here. Like you don't really recruit the retail staff. No. You don't recruit the the warehouse staff. Nope. We have different managers for that. So having different people and delegating like for certain areas could help you, yeah, really prioritize those areas. Um, and then recruiting in the right channels as well. So we don't use like not – no offense to anyone that does use it, but we don't use things like Seek and things like that. We stay in our community so we sort of know that we we are hiring the right people, Yeah, if that makes sense. It's almost like a, a an initial qualification process. Mm. And for those of you listening internationally that don't know what Seek is, Seek is an online hiring um, platform effectively. So people like go there to look for jobs and you go and advertise jobs on there as well. Yeah, so those are the only two I'd really have like add-ons yeah. um you've said like you've touched on the proper education but yeah the really the procedural stuff that you that you talked about is key there yeah 100 percent. and like you you've experienced um uh, different areas of this business obviously like you started in the retail side of things and you came through and you would have seen how that recruitment process worked and how that onboarding training and um, management process worked and now, now obviously you work in head office in a business development role and so you've been through that process as well so you've kind of seen how all of that has been proceduralized um, from from those two areas of the business. And it's like that across all areas of the business. Like if we wanted to, we we could we could hire a new retail person every week for the next year because the procedure's there. It's just about following the procedure. Um, super, super important when you're scaling up your workforce. Next question. Who inspires you in the fitness industry? I get this question from time to time, you know. I've had, yeah, I reckon we've had this one before. I don't know if we've had it in your four. I've definitely had it in my weekend Q&As on Instagram. Um, it depends like what I'm seeking inspiration for personally. Like um, this is going to be a massive couple of minutes of name dropping, I think, <laughs> but there's no way around it. Look, as an athlete, obviously I'm, I'm a um, professional men's physique athlete. So I seek inspiration and I get inspired by the top men's physique professional athletes. At the moment, Aaron Banks, Brandon Hendrickson would be the top two. Um, you know, and I'm super inspired by what they've been able to achieve with their physiques. Um, that inspires me from a, from a physical perspective. Uh, you know, I get inspired by people in the fitness industry from a business perspective. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged to work alongside Tony Doldy in the IFBB Pro League here in Australia. And Tony inspires me from a business perspective hugely you know everything that he's achieved um all of the uh the challenges that he's been through the punches that he's rolled with and come out on top of uh you know tony inspires me in business another in business you know i get to work alongside first form andy frisella and his brother sal frisella and what they've built uh not just in terms of a brand but in terms of a company and a culture that inspires the fuck out of me uh you know i would even go doug miller Core Nutritionals, Arms Race, uh, America, Lat like Doug has done so much in the fitness industry from a business perspective. Um, you know, that inspires me because it really opens up my mind to, to what's possible. Uh, and then I guess, you know, like brands in the fitness industry inspire me as well. Um, you know, uh, Ghost is from a branding perspective is fucking unbelievable. What, uh, you know, and I know the owners of Ghost personally as well. 
Dan and Ryan. They inspire me on a personal level, but what they've achieved with that brand is incredible. Um, dark sport in the, in the apparel side of things. What what's, um, Michael Civil's been able to do with that brand from the ground up? Fucking unreal. Uh, so I get, I get inspired a lot <laughs> by different people and different elements of, of the fitness industry, which is, you know, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you we, said, we talk about it a lot here yeah. at head office, you know, like yep. we, I think because we've, we've done a really good job of cultivating a growth mindset in this company. Like, you know, if anyone sees something that's been done exceptionally well in the fitness industry, we're like, guys, check this out. This is fucking awesome. Like, that's amazing. Um, you know, so we, like we, we discuss this sort of stuff all the time. Yeah, 100%. Um, like you said, man, it really depends on, yeah, your goal at the time as well. Um, who, I mean, there's people that pop up and I'll follow them for a few months and get like inspired by people daily, different people daily. But there's been probably for the last few years, four main ones that I've I've really made sure I follow closely. Um, the first one is Nick Bear. Um, so founder of BPN. He um I like to see myself as like a hybrid athlete and he is the hybrid athlete. Um just being able to jump into different challenges. Like he's done marathons, ultra marathons. I think he's prepping for a bodybuilding show at the moment. He's done Ironmans is ridiculous and just being able to show you how adaptable like the human the human body is and the different things you can do if you do hone in on something is, is unreal. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Fraser, so five-time five fittest, fittest man on earth, um, just the way he was able to stay on top for so long against the fittest people on earth is ridiculous. He's just the definition of a workhorse. Um, has to be David Goggins. <laughs> um, yeah. he's, I mean, he is an endurance beast, but what I really do follow him for and what I get the most out of is his his mindset, his mental toughness, man. Just being able to just push yourself to those limits, just challenging people to get uncomfortable and really just showing you what the the mind and body can overcome is, yeah, yeah awesome. And then yourself as well, man. Like, oh, thanks, man. I'm, <laughs> I mean, no, in I wasn't no, expecting that. Yeah, like I, I don't want to be a competitive bodybuilder, but you can't say every day that you get to work alongside an IFBB pro bodybuilder and just the way, being able to see the way you like eat, train. Um, I mean, you eat the same, same shit every day. Um, just show yep. up every day, man, while like running a successful business is, yeah, it's really a privilege. So those are the four that I, that I really do find inspiration from. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, That's made my day. Yeah, cool, man. <laughs> All right, last question. Question four. What's the current thing you struggle with at the moment? Oh, this is this is a this is actually a really timely question because I um I uh, went and saw my psychologist last week. Yeah, it was last week, and um, you guys know I've, I've mentioned many times on this podcast that um, one of the, you know, along with my physical health, one of the things I like to work on is my mental health. And um, part of how I work on my mental health is I see a clinical psychologist um, once every six to eight weeks. And um, so I saw her last week because there were a few things that have kind of popped up over the last couple of months that I have been struggling with. Uh, and we spent, you know, an hour and a half kind of going through it and unpacking it and coming up with um, strategies to kind of work on it and deal with it. Um, and there's two main things at the moment. I think the first one is probably something that a lot of us are struggling with because it's just the nature of the um, macroeconomic environment that we're in. And that is the significant delay between effort 
an outcome or input and output, specifically in business. Um, you know, like I, I uh, like the economic conditions are really hard at the moment, hardest that I, really I've ever experienced professionally, which means that a lot of the input and effort that would produce a certain outcome in a certain period of time in the past is taking a lot longer to produce that same outcome or, or, um, or output than it has in the past. And, um, you know, this is something that I, that I have, uh, haven't spoken about, but I've written about is, um, this concept of patient urgency. Um, I did actually touch on it in the, the podcast, uh, episode that I did called the four seasons about working with the seasons, not against them and you know, making sure you plant seeds in winter and harvest crop in summer and not trying to, um, do the opposite, but patient urgency kind of goes a little bit deeper into this and really to kind of explain it is it's holding two opposing thoughts at the same time. One of them is patience and the other one is urgency. And when you look at those two things, you're like, they're opposite. How can you be patiently urgent or how can you have patient urgency? You have to at the moment because there's this delay between effort and outcome. So let me explain a little bit. You have to be patient in the fact that there is going to be a significant amount of time between what you do from inputting effort and the outcome that you're expecting to get from that effort. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's just going to take more time. You can't rush time. You can't fast forward time. You can't get in a fucking time machine and speed up time. You just have to be patient and allow the time to do what it needs to do. At the same time, you can't sit there and do nothing and expect time to do the work for you. And that's the urgency part. You need to continue exerting effort. You need to continue putting in the work with an urgency around once this time is gone, it's never coming back. It's gone forever. So I need to be urgent in my daily actions. I need to be urgent in my daily execution because I get one chance at today. I get one chance at this moment. I get one chance to do this. Once that's gone, it's gone forever. It's never fucking coming back. So that's the balance between being patient, but also being urgent at the same time. Really difficult balance to hold, which is why it's something that, that I'm struggling with. And I think a lot of people are probably struggling with it at the moment. But that's how I'm kind of dealing with it. Patient urgency. The second thing is this concept of extreme ownership. And this is something that... Um, Jocko Willink uh, speaks a lot about. He's actually written a book called Extreme Ownership that deals with, um, you know, effectively um, taking responsibility for everything. I, my default position is extreme ownership. Always has been. From my, like my earliest fucking childhood memories, which tells me that it's something that was embedded in me in my childhood, is something goes wrong, regardless of whether or not it's my fault, it's my responsibility to fix it. And that's my default position for everything. I'm at a point in my life now where that no longer serves me. And I need to be really strict with the boundaries around what is my responsibility and what isn't my responsibility. And even though my default position is extreme 
ownership and extreme responsibility. I know where the boundaries lie. I just find myself spending way too much time and energy and effort questioning whether or not the boundaries should lie where they are. And that's something that I really struggle with. And I haven't quite figured out how to deal with it. That's where I'm at. Uh, like you said, the question the question is pretty timely for me as well because um, something I've been struggling with lately and I'd like to get your thoughts and advice on it because yeah. it, I mean, yeah, what a better time to talk about it than now in the mm-hmm. podcast, but the spinning plates analogy. Um, and I know that's it's an analogy, the the micro, what is it? The It's macro balance, macro, balance, micro, micro obsession. obsession. Yeah. 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 So that, I know that analogy no longer serves you. Um, when I go all in on something, man, or something, I mean, sometimes it's not even necessarily on purpose. I'll just get consumed by an, a certain area in my life. Then obviously all the other areas of my life are neglected in some sort of way. Uh, and I think that's why you have sort of changed that mindset. Um, and, but when, once I complete or zone out of that area, then I'm made to run around and band-aid the other, the other areas of my life that I have been neglected, uh, neglecting. Ideally, we all love complete balance and all the percentages and the areas of your life are all in, in unison. Um, but if I try and juggle all these areas of my life to prevent neglecting any areas then, and keep on top of everything, I feel like I'm not giving certain areas the attention they need to, to kill it and be successful in that area. So... Yeah, it's something I've been feeling lately and putting a little bit of thought into, but feels a bit chaotic in my mind. So not sure if I'm articulating it well enough for you to understand. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You feel like you become a jack of all trades, master of none. If you're trying to achieve constant balance across all different areas of your life at one point in time, and you feel like you're not actually allowing yourself the opportunity to give everything you've got to give at a particular thing at a particular point in time to really crush it because you're afraid of all of the other things that are going to be neglected while you're going all in on that one thing. Ultimately, it's limiting beliefs. And I think we spoke about this in the last episode of Your Four um, around the, or maybe it was a couple of episodes before, but the my personal breakdown of the spilling plates analogy and the fact that that no longer serves me and how I've moved to uh, two different analogies. On one hand, I've got the gears. So the, the plates are actually interconnected and synchronous. They, they're like gears. So if you spin one plate, all the other plates spin at the same time. And the other analogy is blowing up a balloon where the different areas of my life are different parts of the surface of a balloon. And so long as I'm giving everything I've got to give by blowing up that balloon, all the different areas of my life will expand at the same time and get better. Ultimately, it's limiting beliefs because you believe that if you focus on one thing, you will not focus on everything else. And it's almost like um, focusing on one thing is to the exclusion of everything else that's important to you. It's just not true. It's just not true. You have plenty of time, plenty of physical and emotional capacity, plenty of capability to do as many things as you want to do at the same time and excel at all of them. I think the problem is people try and balance. They try and think of balance as 
the spinning plates or the juggling balls or the two sides of a seesaw or multiple sides of a seesaw if you've got one of those fucking octagon seesaw things going on. And they think about the different areas of their life as being exclusive to other different areas of their life. It's just not true. Focusing on your fitness will make you a better employee or a better business owner if you're an entrepreneur. Focusing on your career or your business will make you a better husband or partner or father or brother or sister or whatever the fuck is important to you in your personal life. Focusing on being the best husband, father, brother, sister you can be, mother, aunt, daughter, whatever it is, will make you a better employee and a better business person, will make you a better friend. Focusing on being the best friend you can be will improve your fitness. All of these things are interrelated and they make up the fabric of who you are as a person. They're not exclusive. The problem is we've been led to believe that they're exclusive. And I don't know where it's come from, but it's a limiting belief that you really need to start questioning. And I think when you do start questioning it and you start going, you know what, why, 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 why have I been led to believe that this is true? And then you go and act upon it, you'll actually see that giving everything you've got to give to your fitness will actually make you a better employee. And giving everything you've got to give at work will actually make you a better partner, father, mother, husband, wife, whatever. And giving everything you've got to give to your personal life will improve all other areas of your life at the same time. Ultimately, this just has to do with leaving nothing on the table. Leave nothing on the table. Fucking go all in. Yeah, that, that was unreal. Yeah, because <laughs> I was going to yeah, ask any advice and thoughts because I know that you've adapted and changed the mindset and I wanted to know how you've adapted with the change of mindset and what do you do differently now since you now see it as, as gears intertwined but I've never... Yeah. I've, I've dropped the, the um, attempt at trying to balance... And I've moved to trying to harmonize. Ultimately, I think that's what it is. And then when you see it as, yeah, separate, it's a lot harder than actually knowing and believing that they're, in, they're all interconnected. And they're, they're all intertwined, man. Yeah. They're all intertwined. It's, you know, like it, it, without getting all fucking airy-fairy and shit with it, it's quantum physics. Like ultimately, it's, it's one of the elements of quantum physics. Everything is intertwined. Everything is energy. Things are not exclusive. They don't fucking exist exclusively. It's all part of the one big fucking thing. We've just been led to believe that certain things can't happen at the same time for fucking who knows what reason. I don't know where the fuck it came from. It doesn't make any sense. Awesome, man. That's a wrap. That's it. There you go. You got some work to do. Yeah. Now. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. For that. So do I. Clearly, I've got some work to do. But I mean, that's all. It's all part of it, right? Like it's, it's like fitness. Fitness is never finished. Mental health, personal development is never finished. You, it's, it's, it's the journey, right? You, you continue to work on it and become as good as you can get, and then you open up new doors, and then you question other limiting beliefs, and it, like it's, it's never finished. It's, it's part of um, just becoming the best version of yourself. 
Brennan, that's a wrap. That's it, man. For your four. What a great place to finish. Guys, if you have a question that you would like us to answer in the very next episode of your four, the best place to send them is straight to Brandon on Instagram via a DM at Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, Verde, V-E-R-D-E. Brandon compiles the questions and puts together the four best ones for every episode of Your Four. Speaking of, the one thing we ask in return, if you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode, you've taken some value from it, you've seeked some inspiration from it, it's given you some food for thought. The one thing we ask in return is that you guys share the show. Share it person to person. Share it with people you care about. Next time you're discussing things you've watched on Netflix, podcasts you've listened to, drop the Fitness Times Business podcast in there. And if you guys are uh, listening at the moment, take a screenshot on your favorite podcasting platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever it is, post it in your Instagram story. Tag Brandon. Tag myself at Joseph Mansell. We see the tags. We share as many of them as we possibly can and we spread the love, baby for the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Brandon, thank you once again. Thank another you, awesome episode. You guys could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. A couple of things to round out. Firstly, if you've yet to subscribe to the Fitness Times Business Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you do that right now so you don't miss any future episodes. Secondly, if you guys took some value from this episode, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show. And finally, if you've yet to leave us a five-star rating, make sure you do that before the next episode.